Thank you for tuning in to Kineticast. I'm your host, Bo Sauls. Today we have Dr. Joseph Adams, who practices functional neurology, and we'll be talking about how he utilizes kineticence in everyday care. Dr. Joe is going to go through different examples of how he uses kineticence to measure balance, posture, and different areas of change that are connected to the neurological pathways that he is assessing. For more information about kineticence, go to www.kineticence.com to book your free online demo. Let's go ahead and start the episode, Utilizing Kineticence in Functional Neurology with Dr. Joseph Adams. Thank you everyone for tuning in again. Today we have Dr. Joseph Adams, owner and clinician at Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health in Mansfield, Texas. Dr. Joe has a passion for helping people with significant health challenges through integrated care. He is currently finishing up his master's in clinical neurology, and his specialty is migraines, chronic neck pain, and sympathetic dominance. Dr. Joe, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So why don't you go ahead and uh, explain how you practice and what you do in Mansfield? Oh, wow. That's an interesting uh, question. <laughs> so um, in school, I was very uh, curious, I guess you could say. So I got into a lot of different techniques and a lot of different approaches to taking care of people. And I had an opportunity towards the end of um, school to do my internship at an integrated clinical neurology facility. And I gained a lot of insight into helping people who are in really bad shape. And we took care of people from all over the world who mostly had head, neck, and neurological conditions. And that internship kind of like shaped me profoundly and I've been on a kind of a quest to understand how to help people with those types of problems for um, a a while now and that's kind of what's got me to where I'm at so um, you know I don't really do anything in particular like one thing I do a lot of different things Uh, it just depends on what's going on with the patient. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think that's a good way to answer that. Um, the, the big thing I would say is you get a little bit more specific with care and even like how you use the system as well. Uh, we've talked about that before and uh, I wanted to have you on just because you can talk about how you utilize the technology in a different way. So um, when you first saw the system, uh, where was that? Where were you when you first saw the technology? Uh, I actually think the first place I ever saw was like on like Facebook. I think that a um, colleague of mine was using it and he was doing a, a lot of upper cervical work mm-hmm. and he was showing a lot of pre and post changes um, using the system. And, and I'm talking like he is not only using the system to get the pre and post data, but he's actually logging all the data in spreadsheets. Yeah, that's and awesome. And he's got like these you know massive data files of years. Uh, at this point now, and he's, you know, actually trying to figure out algorithms. It's really cool stuff. And so that's kind of what got me intrigued. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I, I think similarly, I think that with the collection of all the data is huge. And especially whenever we actually put the different demographic data in, then when, whenever we remove that out, we can actually have some pretty cool stuff and help other patients in the future too with that. So you got to see it you got to, uh, one of your colleagues uh, sent it to you. So how do you utilize the technology? Well, it basically just depends on the patient type, I would say. So, you know, I'll go in and do an exam. And then when I'm done with my exam, I basically make a decision on what type of 
objective indicators that you know I want to get on patients and we have a lot of different pieces of technology in our office um, so like with the kind of sense in particular what we'll do um, let's say if it is a somebody who's like a, an athlete or a weekend warrior then we're definitely going to get um, full cams assessment on them because you know that's what's important to them right and right. most of the time those people are coming to me for you know stuff that's preventing them from working out so we'll definitely use cams for that um, but if it's going to be something different, you know, something that's a little more of the neurological aspect, we may use balance. And so I can think of a, a couple of cases where we had people who had pretty extreme balance deficits and we would use the full uh, balance uh, profile to see, you know, how bad it was it. And then we would also see if we could rehab it. And a lot of times we'll do that, um, like in the exam, if you will. So, you know, we'll do some therapies and see if we can change your balance and then retest with the, the program and see if we made you know, an objective noticeable change. I love that. So that's how we use it in a balanced scenario. Yeah, I think, um, I think the, your test and retest is really important too, your pre-post. Um, you're, you're able to show the change that you're making in balance, which is really cool. I think balance is one of the areas that usually shows up as most people's weaknesses too. Yeah, there's, a, there's actually a good amount of people who aren't very good at balance. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So um, I do a, a good amount of rhomboids. Pretty much every patient that comes in gets a rhomboids because I just want to know. I mean, like if you have poor balance or if you have poor coordination, I mean, what is that going to do to your spinal stability? Knowing that the eyes coordination and balance centers are really what dictates your spinal, you know, motion. Yep. So we we take a look at all of those on people, and I mean, you're right. Balance is actually pretty poor on a lot of people. Well, I and mean, if you can actually help people improve their balance, look at what you're helping them do. I correlate an easy thing for people. I'm like, if you're walking at night and you're stepping over stuff that you don't know is on the floor and the, the lights are off, well, there you go. You don't want to just fall down and straight down. You have to have some type of balance. And that, I mean, it's an easy test that we do with cams, that 20 second eyes closed. We do some concussion baselining too with the balance, but um, that's, that's usually just to collect data ahead of time and at least have it to help athletes identify a little bit more you know yeah that's a really good idea i haven't had the opportunity to use that i don't see a lot of people who are uh, you know in the potential for a concussion so we haven't done that very much but something else that we've done that's been pretty cool um is with uh, pediatric cases so we'll say we have a child that comes to us and it's got pretty significant like ADHD, uh, or maybe he's even on the spectrum one of the things that we'll do with the kinetics is put them on a piece of foam yep. and have them stand with um, two feet together on the foam and just see if we notice um, any significant sway. And, and we do that because we know in the studies that, you know, if they're swaying a lot, it's not necessarily because their, you know, sensory integration is, is poor, which it probably is. But a lot of it is due to just the behavioral, you know, aspect of it because children with ADHD, um, in some spectrum cases, they can't sit still, right? So how are you going to get them to stand on a piece of foam and not move at all for, you know, right. three seconds up to a minute? And so that's just another really cool objective indicator that we can correlate to research, back it up, if the kid has it with a kind of sense, do some, you know, chiropractic, do some therapies with them, and then show an improvement. And then, I mean, that's just a really cool piece of... Um, technology to have an office to correlate that and you can show that to other medical providers too you could so that's that's one of my favorite things i've done with it recently 
Yeah, I, I love sharing the data with other docs. I get a lot of orthopedics that like it. And I have a sleep doc that works with us really closely because of the technology. He loves the objectivity of it too. Um, but what you said, that's really cool. I like what you said. Uh, this is this is why I wanted you to come on. That's a, that's a great way to identify using kineticists to identify with ADHD, ADD, and Spectrum. Um, I have not heard of people doing that. I'm, I'm sure that's being done, but we haven't had anybody on the podcast saying it. So what other ways do you use the system that are maybe not so straightforward that you would think? So let's see if I got another one that comes to mind. Well, I've got I've got an interesting case that does come to mind. Now it's not necessarily like a neurological case, but it was kind of a tricky case in general. Um, I had a lady who came to see me who, you know, let's say mid fifties maybe. Um, she's a nurse. Um, you know, great shape. Works out like four days a week. Like does yoga, everything. Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden now she's got like you know she comes to me she's got back pain but it it really didn't seem like it was back pain. It seemed like it was, you know, referral from an SI joint, which is quite common, it, it seems. And, uh, you know, we were trying a lot of different things to get her to, to get better. And we did get her better a couple of times, right? It, it come back. Right. And um, so, you know, what the system helped me do was kind of figure out what the actual diagnosis was, right? Because originally it seemed like, you know, it, it was, you know, like a, a back pain scenario, but it ended up to be more of like an SI joint dysfunction. Yeah. And the way I figured that out is um, just in, in my office, I don't shoot x-rays on everybody who walks in the door, but um, if there is a clinical, you know, need for x-rays, we'll send them. So at that point, I was like, when I get better, send her for an x-ray of the low back and the pelvis. You know, we do get some um, stuff showing up in the low back. We've got, you know, a good amount of degeneration. Yeah. But, um, Spondylolisthesis, uh, but it's not grade one. It's not too bad, um, and that's not really where she's feeling the pain. It's like really specific to the left SI joint. So then I'm like, you know what? Let's let's put her through CAMS because I didn't originally put her through CAMS because of you know she I didn't think she was a, a great candidate for it, if you will. Right. What I did was put her through CAMS, and CAMS comes back and it showed me that not just one but both SI joints have. Um, hypomobility, right? right? So, you know, I'm just like, well, okay, it's, it's got to be this SI joint because that's where the pain is. That's where, um, you know, CAMS has shown me this. I've excluded any major problems in the low back. And um, so we, we give everybody rehab um, to do on their own at home. And so I switched her exercise protocol protocol from like a, a you know, like a acute low back pain exercise regimen to a uh, SI joint dysfunction, yeah, and um, and told her not to do anything like an elliptical or anything that really you know aggravate her SI joints, and she is better and she's been staying better at this time around. So that was another really cool way to use the technology to kind of you know expedite my clinical decision making, because when it comes to things like you know SI joint dysfunction, there's not really any great clinical indicators, you know, right. in in that area. Well, so it was very useful for that. Well, that's good. To, that's good to hear. I, I know I've done that with uh, with an ankle. I had someone with a hip issue, and I talk about that one a lot. But uh, it, what made me go back because I had kind of I did the cams and I saw the hip light up, so I kind of stayed focused uh, in that area. And then whenever we like got three visits in, I did the cams again, and the same like one ankle lit up with mobility issues. So I went and treated that ankle and went after that a little bit, and the hip got better. So it really it does help you uh, kind of like look differently at the body instead of how you're just looking at it when the person walks in the door, whatever tests you normally do. 
So um, it sounds like we use the system pretty similarly. Um, so do you do uh, much with the 3D posture analysis then? Yes, yeah, so everybody gets 3D posture analysis. It's just so quick. It's like, why wouldn't you take exactly. it? Exactly. <laughs> so we do it every, on everybody during the exam process. And then we don't do them like every visit they come in, um, but we do them on our progress exams and uh, at our transitional exams, which is when they basically are transitioning out of care. Yeah. And, you know, we one thing that's been really um, cool for me is that everybody's posture gets better yeah. with just chiropractic. Yep. Like everybody's. Yep. <laughs> I love it, man. And, and you're not shooting x-rays, yeah. right? <laughs> no, and I'm not shooting x-rays, right? So, I mean, to me, like, you know, it's one of my favorite, and I've got, like I said, I have a lot of uh, pieces of uh, objective uh, instrumentation in the office. Mm -hmm. And it's like one of my favorites, if not my favorite, because no matter what, you know, I'm going to show people their, their posture and people get posture like when you show them their posture and yeah. you're like hey look your like head is let's say like it's four centimeters forward and your shoulders are like at one i mean that's a huge gap right and, and they've got neck pain it's like well that kind of needs to be addressed right right especially if they've been to other practitioners and no one's really addressed that anterior head carriage yep and so people just really get that man and um and it always gets better you know um very very rarely do we have somebody's posture get worse uh <laughs> yeah. so there's times that maybe it doesn't get as good as we want it to but right. again i mean that's a lot of that's on them because you know the corrective exercise is really important for you to change you know posture, posture in, in my opinion i have a patient right now that um he's he's spending a good amount of time with me we're really working hard he's 40 years old and he's spend a lot of time in the same position and he stays up really late and when he stays up late he puts that forward roll like heads way too far shoulders rolled forward yeah, everything yeah. right and just hangs out in that position for hours and hours and hours and now he's like man i really gotta fix this because my neck really hurts and i was like you know why it hurts and he's like i know so we have to do a ton of rehab we do a lot of different treatments but that posture analysis really helped him we've leveled him out quite a bit on there when he stands up right <laughs> now he has to build some more strength but on the opposite side, you're right. People really get the posture analysis. And I think that's one of the biggest benefits of it because we do cams and we talk about functional movement. We talk about mobility and stability issues and compensation. But whenever they see their posture change and they see that, oh yeah, my shoulders are definitely set better. My head's better. Uh, my hips aren't even tilted as much. That's really nice. I like seeing that. Uh, it makes it easy for us. Now I will say, I did have a guy that came in with a shoulder injury and I did the posture analysis on him. And his shoulder was at like a, his right one was like two degrees down or something, 2.3. And I adjusted him, went through, and we did some treatment and rehab. We redid the posture, and it was down to like 4.6, <laughs> and it got way worse. And he was like, what's going on? And so we had to like go through that too. So it does happen on that end too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I explained to people. You know, it's like we're going to, you know, the, the idea is to make you, you know, as good as possible. But can we make you perfect? No. You know, it's like we do, we do the best we can. And, and the system's dynamic, right? I mean, if you change something in one place, it's going to have effects in other portions of the body too. And so right. you can only do, you know, so much. And well, when I saw that uh, too, whenever I saw that, I said, this actually really highlights the stability issue in your shoulder. You should be aware of the fact that it changed this much after we stabilized it. We, we, gave, we adjusted your thoracic spine, your CT. We worked on stability uh, for your back and your different areas and now your shoulder is down lower, but everything else leveled out, we should probably be really focused on the shoulder. 
So um, that's that's great. We did posture. We talked about cams, balance. Uh, do you ever use like the functional and look at different movements that people do repeatedly? So we don't have a lot of room in our exam room to do that. But one thing that I like to actually start using it for, from a you know clinical neurology standpoint, is that people actually like walk, you know, mm -hmm. and do a gait analysis, and then have them do dual tasking. Yep. And to, and to see, you know, any discrepancies in, you know, cortical function or balance or proprioception during that walk. And so I need to kind of figure that out, maybe like, maybe put it out in the hallway or something or like yeah. be able to move it back and forth. I mean, I have the newer system with the new camera. So, um, you know, I think that would be much easier to do now. Oh, with the Intel? Which one? Yeah, the Intel camera. Oh, good. Yeah, I have that. It's, it's nice. It's a little more portable, easier to use, right? You don't have it's not as bulky, and then kind of one cable yeah. into the USB is really nice. Yeah, I really like that one uh, a lot. So we don't really have the room to do that, but I did recently have an, uh, a new patient who's kind of like plantar fasciitis bilateral, mm -hmm. and it keeps coming back, and he's been to other providers. And so we did have him do... Um, you know, a walk um, to measure his gait yeah. in the functional um, screen. I haven't actually looked at it yet, but that was kind of my idea. It was like, well, I need to look at him and maybe walk and see what's going on. So I got an idea for you here. Um, I, you said you don't have a lot of space. I get that. Um, what I did was uh, Walmart has a $300 under the desk walking treadmill and it doesn't have like a rail or anything. So it doesn't take up a whole lot of space and you can set it up in front of the camera and then you can have them walk for like for like 30 seconds to a minute. That way it's not just a, I, right now I do, my, my treadmill actually just went down. So I'm doing a five stride gait analysis where they stand kind of out of camera and then just walk toward the camera. And then I pause on heel strikes. But when the treadmill's up and running, you basically just have them on there and they walk for 30 seconds to a minute and you can pull their stride out from different, different ones. So you can look at five to six different right heel strikes versus left heel strikes. And you can see them in order or different times. So it might be a possibility for you to do that. Um, but I really did like the treadmill patients really like you say, they get the posture, they get the gate too. That's another one. They really understand well. Man, you just got me in trouble because I'm going to go buy a treadmill. <laughs> it's only 300 bucks. Like, come on now. Yeah. Like, if you, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about how yeah. much it's going to bring into the clinic that you spent 300 bucks. Like all you have, like what oh, I did was I, I did a do, turn on functional, record it, and I just recorded myself walking on the treadmill for the gait analysis, and that became like the clinic's Facebook uh, cover photo, like video, and then we put it out on ads, and people are clicking. They they love that video. They love the gait analysis. So yeah, man, three hundred bucks is totally worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'll definitely have to check that out because that's that's something I've been toying with. So. Yeah, we took it to uh, Parker Vegas also, and we had multiple people get on there. Like even like Kelly Sturette came by, and I don't think he saw the treadmill as much. I know Dr. Morgan was super intrigued because you know he used to have the, um, not, I think he was at the Vicon lab, but he was he, they had a full gate like clinic set up, so he was working in a two million dollar facility, and he saw this and he was like, "This is amazing." Oh, yeah. So he, he said, I can't believe we, we, we were able to do this. And I, was like, and I looked at him like, that's a $300 treadmill too, man. So we can all do it. And he started laughing. So that's, it's cool to see. And I think that when we can continue to like adapt and create new things with the technology, we're going to get more tests. So have you seen the single leg hop yet? No, I have not seen that. Yeah, that one's, that one's cool. You have to check that one out. So basically it, it measures, uh, you jump on the left leg and you land on the left leg. And it measures varus valgus uh, angle, okay. speed, 
and uh, force output and it also measures how much the hip flexes at the same time. So you can see if they have like a large uh, uh, valgus collapse on the knee um, and yeah. if it's super fast, you know, it's loading that ACL really heavily. So it's a, it's a cool little quick test that's, that's on there too. It only takes three seconds to do because jump on your left leg, land on your left leg, jump on your right leg, land on your right leg, and there's your data. I usually do it about three times. Okay, and this is separate from the one that's in CAMS? Is it yes, one? yes. So that's okay. the, the CAMS is strictly uh, height. So basically power output. See how high you can jump on one leg mm -hmm. or the other? This one is the one that's going to break down uh, traveling of the knee and speed of travel. And uh, I think hip flexion is super important too. But uh, I mean, obviously, knowing that the knee is flying in a ton of degrees and you can correct that. I use it with a basketball player now and she just leveled out her numbers and she's super excited about it. Yeah, that's a really good one as well, especially for hip complaints, I would say, you know, yes. I think that can contribute to a lot of hip complaints. Well, seeing the instability too is important, so. Yeah. All right, so we got we talked about some different areas. Do you have anything else on the top of your head that you can think of that you use the technology differently? I mean, you already had some great ones I really like. You talked a lot about clinic. Can you get a little more into the clinical neurology side of it? Um, yeah, so, I mean, with, I mean, specifically with kinesis. Yeah, how do you, what, what do you do with it? Is it mostly balance or... Mostly, most of it's balance, yeah, right now. Um, and, you know, the other thing, too, that I want to bring up is that, you know, a lot of our, you know, chronic neck pain or, like, our chronic, uh, like, migraine patients, uh, we see big changes in their posture as well, even though that's not even, like, a big goal of care, like, just through what we do with the clinical neurology. Yeah. So it's cool to track that as well. And then, you know, balance is the other big one that we use in office and now that you've um, brought up the uh the treadmill i'm gonna <laughs> do that because that's the one thing that i wish i, I wish i had because i can give me, you know that can give me a lot of data knowing that but i don't have to be present to that. i can have my right uh you know my office assistant do that and and then i can look at it and kind of get a good idea what's going on with them but i think that there's some um some really good you know, ideas there. One thing I've been thinking about doing is I have a, I have a force plate that people can stand on, mm -hmm. uh, that measures center of pressure. Yep. And was, I've been thinking about having people stay on that force plate while getting a kind of sense posture at the same time. That is a great idea. I've t I actually have talked about that before. I don't have a force plate. That's something I would do if I had a force plate. I would become, I love combining technologies. That's what you're yeah. looking at is the full body in 3D. You're watching uh, compensation. You're watching where they're losing their stability. And then you're also going to be able to see in the foot where the weight is shifting to and uh, during that balance because yeah. it doesn't always shift to the same place of what it looks like above the body. Yeah, so I'm super pumped about doing that. I mean, I just, I've been so busy, you know, that I haven't really had time to play with that. But I want to do that. And it'd be even really cool if we could get eye tracking in there too. Oh, yeah. You just look everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th that would be literally everything that you would need. <laughs> That's all it System, right? Yeah. yeah, that would be amazing. You can really see where there's d dysfunction and deficit. So uh, you can put those the eye-tracking goggles on them while they stand on the force plate and they balance yeah. on kinetosense. <laughs> Basically, I mean, that would be kind of, we'd have to figure out the eyes a little bit because you don't want to put them in a black, you know, environment. You know, say you know, good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically say, we don't want to fall over and anything like that. Oh. Well, I know you've been busy. Thank you for taking the time with us. Uh, you recently had a baby, so congratulations, man. That's awesome. Um, 
yeah, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us and kind of share how you use it. And as you adapt and grow and create new things, make sure to stay in touch with me so that we can talk about more and see what else you can kind of create with it. Yeah, sounds good, man. I appreciate you having me on. All right. Thanks, Dr. Joe. Thank you again for tuning into this episode with Dr. Joe. We got to talk about different aspects of functional neurology and how kineticence can be applicable. But it, I know we got really excited about the treadmill. Um, you have to understand being able to do gait analysis in a small area and getting multiple strides is huge. And it does correlate a lot to the different pathways that Dr. Joe is trying to measure. I think another important area that we talked about is how Dr. Joe utilizes the posture analysis on every patient just to show change in that visit and change over time. It's very easy for the patients to understand posture and they understand that they should be more upright and more level. So it's really good for us to be able to show change in one visit. Up next on the podcast, we have Margie Wallace from Frisco Birth Center. Margie's going to join us and talk about how we have done co-care with different patients to show functional changes through the progression of pregnancy. My wife actually was one of those that we measured as she went through the process. So we're going to be able to talk about some different data points that correlate, and it's a pretty interesting episode. For more information about Kineticense, you can book your free online demo at www.kineticense.com. Thank you again for listening. I'm your host, Bo Sauls, and let's continue to learn about movement, performance, and rehab together.